0: Joining us now is Scott McFarland. He's the school board vice president, uh, and is uh, aware of what's happening in these negotiations. Scott, thanks for joining us here this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Now, you're you're actually in negotiations. Are you at the bargaining table during these sessions? Yeah, I'm a member of the team. Okay. Uh, from, from your perspective, then, I know there was a meeting with the mediator last week, and the district encouraged the union to take this proposal back to their members. So you must have thought it was uh, something that they like. It turns out they apparently didn't. So what happened?
1: Well, and I don't want to get into too many details on what negotiations are going on, So, but I would say that... Uh, we continue to uh, try to find uh, as a, a way to support our teachers as much as we can. So I think this is just a continual process, and this is uh, uh, one of many steps in getting us to a place where we can uh, have a contract that supports our teachers and keeps the school district financially sound.
0: Can you speak to the uh, the, the claim from the union? They said that they, they felt as though you were uh, implying or insinuating that they were not really being up front with their members about the nature of your offer and that's why you ask them to take the offer directly to the members. What what led to the district to make that request of the union? I think
1: it was just a matter of ensuring that uh, everyone had all the information moving forward. So it's not a matter of anyone questioning anyone else. It was just trying to gather information so we can uh, come back to the table here on Thursday and keep working it out.
0: You know, uh, I I understand we can't get into specifics here, but uh, one of the big sticking points apparently is money. And we do know that there have been improvements to the school funding formula that is meaning more money coming into the district here. So uh, why why would this be a sticking point? Why can't the district put forward uh, an amount that the union would go, all right, sounds good?
1: Sure. Yeah. And I served on the school board four years ago, and I was a part of two contract negotiations that ended up in uh, little to no increases for our teachers, and that was because we were in tough times. So I completely understand uh, that side of it and saying that, yes, uh, the district is in a more stable position, and so we should be supporting our teachers more, and that's the goal. Uh, I I believe when it's all said and done that our teachers are going to see success. Significant uh, increase in the support that they're getting uh, and uh, it's one of those where we just need to continue to weigh both pieces. Yes, we have the ability to support our teachers more and that's what we're going to do. It's just determining what that final number is. But we also have to keep in mind that we need to ensure we do not get back to where we were uh, six, seven years ago where we were not being able to increase salaries and that comes into ensuring that the district's budget is uh, sustainable and ensuring that uh, we continue to be able to build on the success we've had for the past couple years of bringing that budget back in line. Uh, The other key factor we're looking at here, too, is we just got – we're given the greatest gift we could get from the community, in the supporting of us with that 1% sales tax. And we're going to be going out for bond issuance on that very, very soon. And we're going to start breaking ground on improvements to schools and a couple new schools. And in order to do that, we need to have a sound financial budget. So the bond issuers are going to give us the bond rating that we need to get this all done. So we're weighing a lot of different factors in the fact in this when we're deciding how exactly this is all going to look. But I will say this, and I think Everyone at the district would say this. We are going to ensure that our teachers get an increase. And that's what we're just trying to figure out what that increase looks like.
0: Now, now just to clarify uh, on the facilities component of this, because generally speaking, school facilities, construction projects and things, that's really a separate pool of money from what you'd pay teachers out of. So d- does that really have much bearing at all on what the ultimate contract with teachers winds up being?
1: You're right. We cannot use facility monies to pay teachers and vice versa. However, it's all one large budget that uh, the issuers are going to look at in terms of making bond ratings. So we need to have a healthy budget and a healthy reserve in place in order to get that bond rating. And if we start uh, living outside of our means, we're going to reduce that uh, reserve rate to a point where, where it was several years ago, it was at zero. Uh, and once we get to the uh, start dipping into that. Uh, reserve, we're going to start seeing our bond rating go down again, which means we will not be able to go out for health life safety bonds, as well as this 1% sales tax initiative. So that's the other factor, too. So it does not factor directly into salaries, but it does factor into the overall budget.
0: What I- effect is the new teacher minimum wage law and it's gradually raising that over a period of several years but you've got to factor that into your thinking what effect is that having on this process is it making it more difficult to come up with a pay structure that that takes that into account and still meets the needs of more veteran teachers
1: yeah and again i I, I without being able to give out firm numbers because I do believe that we need to negotiate at the table I will say that uh, it's the district's plan to get to that uh, base level before the law requires us to.
0: And it, and I understand you can't give specific numbers, but, uh, you know, not only do you have to get to that base level, but then you've also got to make sure that you are paying more veteran teachers appropriately as well. So do, does this, in fact, complicate that process?
1: I don't believe so. I, I think uh, in what we've been uh, working with uh, the union on in terms of this contract negotiation, uh, at the end of the day, we're going to see both. Uh, uh, both uh, increasing that base level, again, getting there before uh, we're actually required to, but also ensuring that our teachers who have been with us for a very long time are compensated. And again, it's just a matter of coming to uh, an agreement on what that looks like.
0: From the, uh, from the union perspective, the, the issue is more than just money. It's also staffing levels, unfilled positions, positions being filled prim- predominantly by subs. So I- is that something that the district also feels like it can address in this whole process?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how much is addressed in contracting, and I think you kind of mentioned that in your discussion you had earlier in the afternoon. Uh, But a lot of it comes down to working with our uh, union to figure out how we can make this district more enticing across the board. And you're right, uh, as you said earlier, there's a shortage across the state and across the country. So we are working diligently, uh, and we being the district staff, to hire positions uh, as soon as we find eligible candidates. Another thing that's actually hindered us a little bit is there was some new state laws put into place that made requirements for folks uh, uh, more... more stringent than they should have been, and that was dealing with uh, AIDS and a few other positions across the district. And we're actually hopeful that that legislation will change uh, coming up here in veto session next month, and that should be able to uh, open up some of those positions to other folks who couldn't apply before who would be great candidates. It's just the law has kind of knocked them out because of the required uh, education hours. So that's kind of stuff you don't contract for, but I think we can work together to figure out how we can that
0: problem. Historically, one of the things we hear a lot from from taxpayers in the district is that they they don't have a problem with paying teachers. They do want accountability. They do want to make sure we're getting results. They want to make sure that uh, what we're paying for is quality. So what happens in, in the course of a contract negotiation to provide that level of accountability to make sure that whatever new financial investments you're making in staff is, is money that's going to be well spent and that you're going to get the degree of accountability that the taxpayers are demanding.
1: Well, and that is the responsibility of your school board. It's our job not only in negotiation times, but also throughout the years of that contract to ensure that both uh, uh, our, our teachers are holding up their end of the bargain, which they most definitely do, uh, 99% out of 100, uh, but also ensuring that the school district holds up end of the bargain too, ensuring that the resources and support are there, uh, providing our teachers with the correct training and professional development they need to in order to become better teachers and better classroom supporters. Uh, so it's it's a long term process where we have to partner with everyone uh to ensure that we have uh, good movement forward. In terms of contract language, absolutely contract language can support that as well. And uh, in any good negotiation with the teachers union, language is a part of that negotiation just as much as the dollar amounts are for uh, for salaries. Can, can you so speak, we're working with them on that.
0: Can you speak to how you assess that? We've had such upheaval in terms of standardized testing and being able to evaluate those the scores and progress made from year to year. So what's the mechanism, by by which you you evaluate whether that accountability component is in place.
1: Well, you're right. It is a moving target, and unfortunately that's uh, usually outside the control of both the district and our employees. But one of the things we do utilize quite a bit is uh, the evaluations of our teachers to determine where they are currently and where we can provide input to support them uh, and make sure that they are moving on that scale to being uh, uh, an exceptional teacher. But along with that, too, uh, it's working to measure the district Outputs, you know, there, this is, it's the talks of ensuring that we are recruiting really fine quality teachers that reflect the the school district that they're serving. And I would agree with Mr. Graves on that, as he said earlier. We have a long way to go on that. But it's working together with the teachers union and with our outside stakeholders to get that recruitment up. But, again, when there's a shortage across the board, it gets much more difficult. We have to compete with uh, folks. And the one thing I think we need to realize is Springfield School District does compete. We are pulling people into the district to work for us more than we are losing people. And I see that every single board meeting when I go through all of the personnel recommendations for that meeting, we are bringing in a lot more people than we are losing. So we are um, successful in that, but we have to be more successful.
0: The district apparently uh, last night after this meeting sent directly to Springfield Education Association members uh, a summary of your proposal there. How common is that to be communicating directly with the members and making a pitch directly to them?
1: For one, it was not a pitch. This was just uh, more information provided to all the members. And then in that uh, document, it did say that uh, they should reach out to their union leadership with any questions. So this was just providing more information uh, on what uh, we currently are at.
0: Well, you put that proposal forward, and, and as was noted, uh, 90% of the members attending the meeting last night uh, said no to it. So uh, w- what's your assessment of where this stands now? Is, is this a negotiation that is going to ultimately be successful, or are we headed to uh, uh, the sort of situation they're dealing with in Chicago right now?
1: I believe it will be successful. I believe that uh, at the end of the day, everyone at that table wants the very same thing, and that is a strong school district that's going to support our kids. And to do that, we need well-paid teachers, and we need a school district that can make sure that it is financially sound. So at the end of the day, that's where we're going to wind up. Uh, How we uh, make the sausage is going to be different every single time, but at the end of the day, uh, we're going to have a strong school district that's going to move forward from this, and we're going to continue to support what what we're doing in the classroom. Um, And that's the thing, you know, uh, I was listening to Mr. Graves uh, uh, a while ago, I don't disagree with anything that he said. We're on the same page. It's just a matter of making sure that we find a place that's going to be supportive of the teachers and also supportive of the bottom line, what the district needs uh, to move forward sustainably.
0: Scott McFarland, School Board Vice President, part of the negotiation team. We appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks so much.
1: Anytime, sir.